0: Yeah, we will have Braves-Dodgers game one of the NLDS tonight here on WOR. Mike Fultonevich for the Braves. Yunjin Ryu for the Dodgers, not Clayton Kershaw. We'll get into that decision made by the Dodgers with Scott Miller of Bleacher Report coming up at 7.20 uh, to update the other NLDS Game 1 going on right now between the Rockies and the Brewers. Christian Yelich's two-run home run in the third inning still holding up, and the Brewers with a 2 nothing advantage on the Rockies going into the bottom of the sixth inning. The Rockies with just one hit against three Brewers pitchers thus far tonight. That's the trend, and it's uh, beyond, it's more than a trend now, uh, rocking these bullpens all the way through these postseason games. Uh, but we welcome on right now, Randy Miller, covers the Yankees for NJ Advanced Media. And Randy, how was uh, the party last night for the Yankees?
1: <laughs> it was uh, pretty wild. I got pretty drenched, and uh, you would think they win the World uh, Series with all the champagne popping. it's crazy how back in the day they would uh, – Celebrate for World series wins, and now every time they advance it's it's crazy my I think my shoes are still wet
0: <laughs> I <But> bet it's <laughs> sticky it's uh, it stays on you for you know about a day there but uh you know it, did you sense was it relief for the Yankees to get past that wild card game and, and past the a's or was it more than that?
1: It was expectation it was not uh relief it was uh It was uh, the thought that uh, we took care of business and now we get the Red Sox. Uh, They want the Red Sox. They feel like uh, the Red Sox, while they had the best record this year, they feel like they were playing shorthanded all year. The Yankees are as healthy as they've been all year now, uh, extra strong with guys like uh, Britton and McCutcheon on the team, and they think that they're poised to uh, really give them a run for the money here, and I think they think they're going to take them out.
0: I didn't think last night could have gone any better for the Yankees to have Aaron Judge and John Carlos Stanton go deep offensively, Stanton in his first ever postseason game, to have Aroldis Chapman rank up a couple of strikeouts in his inning, and Dylan Batances dominate his two innings. That's a lot of potential X-Factors question marks that we talked about that all checked out the Yankees' favor last night.
1: And one more big one, Gary Sanchez did not have any pass balls, and he actually yeah. blocked a couple pitches in the dirt. Uh, there was, I think there was one with the Tances with, with uh, two runners on him, and I think a runner on third there, and that uh, potentially saved the run. Uh, uh, Sanchez called a good game. He did a good job last night. Uh, I've criticized him a lot for his uh, play behind the plate, and you're right. Uh, a lot of the big things that you say uh, need to happen for the Yankees to have a long run happen last night. You want Judge to uh, get back to the way he was. Could could he do it with the injury? And he comes out and drills that home run, and it's almost like, okay, I'm the judge of last year. I'm back. Stanton's first playoff game. You wonder how he's going to be. And he put the explanation point on that win with this a long home run there in the eighth inning. The who couldn't even – you couldn't even use him last year in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And he was absolutely dominant for two innings. And when he's dominant like that, he's as good as anybody in the game.
0: Uh, how about Sanchez? Uh, you touched on it. a good point. Aaron Boone has described it as lapses in the past. Is there a hope that because these games are so big that if it's just mental that he can lock in for as long as he needs to with uh, these games, meaning what they do?
1: I think it's more than that. When I, when I watch him, there's so many times that his fundamentals are off that he just turns the glove the wrong way, doesn't get in front of it. Then these are things that he's taught over and over and over. And, it doesn't seem to. He just doesn't do it. And uh, look, he has one of the best arms in the league. Yeah. When he's hitting, and obviously he didn't hit this year. He had what one eighty six. But the last two years, he was a best hitting catcher in baseball. Mm-hmm. But I think they're going to have to live with this. I just he's been like this since he was sixteen years old uh, when they first signed him sixteen seventeen. And uh, he's still when he talk to scouts, they just they just crush him by how bad he is defensively. They think he's going to be a DH or a first baseman someday. And last night he did do a good job. But when you watch him day in and day out, you just shake your head and say, honestly, I've never seen a catcher this bad. (laughs) And he did a great job last night. You know, he has a great arm. He can be a huge weapon. But I really worry that at some point especially with Boston speed, hmm. um, the way they run the bases. Is he going to get nervous? Is he going to get off his game? Uh, I think he's going to be a huge, huge key in this next series.
0: Bears watch it going forward. Randy Miller, NJ Advanced Media, covers the Yankees with us right now. Today, the workout day, usually a lot of talking today. What was the most notable thing to come out of uh, Boston today?
1: <laughs> well, there wasn't a lot going on. The uh, Yankees clubhouse wasn't even open because the Yankees, uh, train was slow moving. Aaron Boone got here. Um, uh, he drove up and there are like two guys out in the field. Batances was here. Jay Happ was here, the game one starter. And, uh, so nothing. We, I, <laughs> uh, I live in Philly. So by the time I got home, uh, changed clothes, went to the airport in Philly and flew up there. It was two o'clock and I thought I had to rush to get here. And, uh, it turns out that the, the Yankees, uh, didn't, they canceled their workouts. So um, it's a day off for them.
0: Dud of a day. What, what do you think is the biggest matchup in this series? What's going to decide this between the Yankees and Sox?
1: I think the, the, a huge key is going to be the Yankees have to win one of these first two games. If they can get home 1-1, the way they played at home the last two postseasons, as confident as they are there with the fans, if the Yankees are going to win this series, to me, it's going to be in four games and uh, this is also a huge Fenway. Uh, Fenway Park is also a huge home field advantage. Uh, Hap in game one has a chance to set the tone. He's going to get against and sell. has been very good against the Red Sox this year and in Fenway uh, for his career also, um, but this is going to be a tough place to win. The Red Sox won 108 games. Uh, tremendous lineup that the Yankees, uh, I think, more than any other team have a shot to bring them down uh, just because they played them so much because of what they've done last year. and it, Even though last weekend series didn't mean much, coming up here and winning two out of three in the last weekend of the season, it kind of gave them extra fuel thinking, hey, we're going to beat this team. They're really, really confident.
0: Yeah, I mean, these are two talented teams meeting up in the ALDS and a real-talent American League overall. You look at the Astros and the Indians as well. So it'll be fun to see how it all shakes out. Randy Miller, NJ Advanced Media. Thank you, Randy okay guys anytime take care all right randy uh getting us all caught up what's happening there with the yankees and overall today uh a quiet day but you know uh jay Happ is going to be ready to go in game one as the yankees red Sox. obviously these two teams quite familiar uh with each other and they'll have uh, another one of these years meeting up in the postseason it's been a while now you have to go back to 2004 the last time they did meet up in the postseason but it Uh, It feels like it it happens, I guess, more often than it has, uh, and uh, they'll get to to reignite things uh, between these two. Now, as far as the season series go, the Yankees actually won the season series, but it was very tight, Uh, 10-9, Yankees. uh, Oh, excuse me, the Red Sox uh, beat the Yankees this year, 10-9. It was very tight between these two teams. The Yankees, though, uh, did uh, they were outscored by 14 runs uh, by the Red Sox this year. So uh, we know they went up to Fenway, got swept in that four-game series late in the season. It was brutal, essentially decided the division. Uh, but as Brandy mentioned, you know it was a meaningless series, but they did take two of three later in the year. And I just think they got to feel good about the way last night went down. Not just that they won, but how they won and some important momentum and uh, some positive signs going forward. Severino pitching well, Chapman pitching well, Batans dominating last night, looking like a real postseason weapon. They make all the difference for you. And Batance is a guy be used as early as the fifth like we saw last night, or you know, late in games as well. Uh we'll come back, Scott Miller of Bleacher Report. Why is Clayton Kershaw not the game one starter for the Los Angeles Dodgers and How is he handling that? Uh, Scott's out in LA, and we'll uh, we'll chat with him when we come back. It's the Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on the Voice of New York, seven ten W O R. Right. We will have game one of the NLDS between the Braves and the Dodgers here on W.O.R. coming up at the top of the hour. Mike Fultonevich goes for the Atlanta Braves. Young Jin Ryu, the game one starter for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We head out to L.A. right now. Scott Miller of Bleacher Report is there. How are you tonight, Scott? Hey, good, Pete. How are you, my friend? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to have you on again. And uh, how how odd is it to see Clayton Kershaw be second banana for the Dodgers in these playoffs?
2: Yeah, it's bizarre. I, I will say that uh, they got a lot of people's attention out in Los Angeles, as you would expect. Uh, the reasoning is that Hyunjin Ryu has been sensational over the last month. Atlanta's uh, on-base percentage and such against lefties is low. So uh, you, that's one reason they decide they went with Ryu in game one. Secondly, give Clayton Kershaw an extra day's rest. Uh, they, their thinking is that they have to go to a game five uh rue or kershaw would be available they could make that decision then but um you know this is the way they went so you know it's certainly you know clayton was in the interview room today the press interview room and mm-hmm. uh, he put on a happy face but i'm told he was not happy about it um you know it's both both on the field tonight and even politically within the dodgers organization you know it would be very interesting to see what uh you know what the ripple effects to this are
0: What what you know, could be the ripple effects
2: well, among them, um, you know, remember, Curt, Curt Clayton has an opt out clause after this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess the nuclear effect would be he would be so angry that, you know, this would help push him toward the opt out and he would declare himself a free agent. That would be, you know, probably, you know, like I say, the nuclear uh, worst case possible effect, probably if you're a Dodgers fan. Uh, but, you know, the other ripple effects, I mean, I think if, if, uh, if this backfires on the Dodgers tonight and the Braves figure rue out and steal game one, uh, then all of a sudden the Dodgers are playing from behind. Now, if you're them, um, you know, Hey, we got Clayton Kershaw in game two and Walker Buehler in game three. So I'm sure the Dodgers will still feel pretty good, but it'll be, you know, this will be dissected every which way from, uh, today through next Sunday, if, um, you know, if, if if this decision blows up on them and they lose tonight, and if they, say, take it a couple steps further, say they lose this series, say Atlanta, I, I know the Dodgers are heavy favorites, but say the, say the Braves win tonight and then end up upsetting the Dodgers in this series. You know, that would be another major ripple effect.
0: Oh, yeah, no doubt about that. And what I think would be real interesting, as you mentioned, both – Well, Kershaw would be on regular rest and Ryu would have an extra day, right? If you're looking towards game five, that's that would be the real decision where if a do or die game and the Dodgers are gonna ride the hot handed Ryu rather than their longtime ace in Kershaw.
2: Oh yeah, that again, that would be a fascinating moment as well. So, you know, this one would be really interesting to see how it plays out and you know, especially like I say, you know, game one tonight, because the one thing in a shorter best-of-five series versus best-of-seven, you know, you have sharper momentum swings. You know, whoever wins game one tonight feels really good about themselves. And, you know, whoever loses, they never admit they feel like, oh, my gosh. But, um, you know, they'll take it calmly. But still, whoever loses tonight, you know, the other team's only got to win two more games, not three more games. So that that immediately puts a, a bigger sense of urgency on game two.
0: And just because it always seems to be a storyline this time of year, we know Clayton Kershaw and he, he, he snuffed some of it last year, but he hasn't been at his best in the postseason. Does that at all enter into the Dodgers thinking here?
2: You know, I think it's more about the immediate moment they're in right now. I don't think they're looking in the past with, with, with him. I mean, um, I, I think if, if all things were equal, and Clayton Kershaw, I think I think it's also an acknowledgement that that uh, you know that that Kershaw, he's, you know he's been on the disabled list three, you know two years in a row with back issues, mm-hmm. and he's just he's got a lot of miles on that arm, and he it's an acknowledgement too, obviously, that this is no longer vintage Clayton Kershaw. This is a guy that's still really good, a guy that still can spin curveballs and throw great but it's not a guy that that he was four or five years ago when he was in the middle of winning a multiple Cy Youngs in a row.
0: And we're talking again with Scott Miller of Bleacher Report. The Dodgers, ton of experience, uh, a wealth of it. They're in the playoffs every single year. And then you have the Atlanta Braves, who used to be that kind of franchise, but it, it's been a little while for them. Not a whole lot of playoff experience on this Braves roster. I don't think a, a lot of confidence from outside of uh, their organization of fan base that they will be long for these playoffs, but how is this team approaching a postseason series?
2: You know, I was uh, just over a little while ago talking with a bunch of Braves folks, a long talk with, uh, with uh, Ron Washington, the former Texas manager who's now on Brian Snitker's staff, talked to John Scherholtz, uh, the, the longtime uh, president of the Braves, and you know, how they're approaching it, I think is pretty much how they've approached the season. And that is they're really young guys like Ronald Acuna jr. And Ozzy Albies are incredibly talented and they have gone out all season long. And no moment has been too big for them. They've gone out. They're like, they know they can play. They go out and have some fun and put results up right now. That's what the Braves, how they're looking at approaching things. Uh, you know, the same as, is that now, You know, talking around Washington, asking him, you know, so far the moment's not been too big for Acuna Jr. It's not been too big for Albies. What about now that the playoffs happen? And, you know, he insisted. He said, no, with these two personalities, uh, you know, they're going to be just fine. So I think the Braves like the underdog role. I think they're confident that, uh, you know, we were underdogs in the beginning. Nobody expected us to win this year. We won. We won because we've got youth and and talent, and that's what's going to carry us forward here.
0: They can hit too, I and mean, they are tremendous offensively. Yeah. So much athleticism yeah. in that lineup. What I worry about with them is that bullpen. Uh, is that a yep. a concern of yours as well going into this postseason?
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, for example, Mike Foltynewicz starting tonight. You know, you, you know he's got to have a good start, and the bullpen is no question. It's a concern. You know, it'd be interesting to see how Snitker and company deploy the bullpen, Um, but, yeah, I mean, especially, you know, the Dodgers are so dangerous, one through eight in their lineup. I I would say one through nine, but National League, the pitch, I'm not going to include the pitcher, Mm -hmm. one through eight, every one of their guys can knock the ball out of the park at any minute, and that's the fear, that's the danger uh, facing the Braves, and that's a danger specifically facing that bullpen. You know, I mean, you could see where Atlanta's concerned a really good effort. You could see, say, a 5-4 a to four lead going into the late innings. And then all of a sudden, the bullpen's in and boom, boom, boom. The you know, Dodgers put two or three balls over the fence and steal it.
0: That's how it worked out last time uh, when these two teams met up when they're like 2013 or so and uh, David Carpenter gave it up uh, and uh, yep. the Dodgers were able to, to move on. So uh, that'll be a key in this series, no doubt. Scott Miller, Bleacher Report. Uh, appreciate the time, Scott. Thank you.
2: Uh, my pleasure, Pete. Take care. Thank right, you, you too.
0: And uh, some expertise there from Scott Miller. And you hear what uh, Ron Washington, this Braves team mindset is. We saw them all year against the Mets. They're extremely talented. Their starting pitching was far better than I think anybody would have expected. Mike Fultonevich had a huge season for Atlanta. And this game one, a little more old school in terms of the pitching matchup. No bullpenning happening here. These are two teams that want their starting pitcher to go deep. The Braves need Mike fulton to go deep. The Dodgers don't need Yunjin Rio to do that. They have a lot of arms in that pen. But he has been so good down the stretch and really overall this year in ERA under two, uh, though he did miss big chunks of the season, that they decide to ride with him over Clayton Kershaw. And that is a, that's a big decision. And you know, again, it might not mean that much early on in this series that they lose game one tonight, right? They come back with Kershaw tomorrow, be a big spot for Kershaw. He has made big postseason appearance. We saw it against the Mets back in 2015 where Jacob deGrom was able to even him out in game one. But then in Game 4, Kershaw came back on three days rest and threw a complete game shutout against the Mets. He's had huge postseason appearances. Uh, But unfortunately, with how great he has been in the regular season, it hasn't been constant in the postseason. Even last year, he pitched well the first couple of rounds, and then he started that. Was it Game 4 that was the absolute wild game in Houston last year? It's probably Game 5. Uh, That was back and forth. He was staked to a big lead, couldn't hold on to it. That was a huge swing game in that series and uh, wasn't able to lock things down. Though he did in Game 7 when he came back out of the pen and and did a nice job. It was just too late with the Dodgers already trailing. Uh, So, I mean, that's a huge decision by the Dodgers to go with Ryu over Kershaw. But really, it's that Game 5 decision that that'll send ripple effects. You're going to have a choice between one of these two guys if the series does go the distance. Who do you go to? You can make all the excuses of the world. Ah, uh, Yunjin Ryu's hot down the stretch. That's why we're going to go with him, Clayton. Don't worry about it. But then, when it's do or die, you think Clayton Kershaw wants that ball? Of course he does. When you're the guy in an organization, where well, your guy's going to have his number retired. You're going to be in the Hall of Fame. Clayton Kershaw's all those things and you're not going to get the ball in the biggest game, that is where it would get really dicey. So it's a real interesting decision for now, but really the biggest decision will come game five if it goes that long. In this best of five series, and again, you'll hear Dodgers Braves Game One of the NLDS coming up here on Seven Ten WOR at eight o'clock. Uh, 800-321-0710, the number. You're hanging with Pete McCarthy. It's the Sports Zone on the Voice of New York. Seven Ten WOR.
1: I'll
0: keep you updated on the uh, current NL Division Series game. The Brewers with a two nothing advantage on the Rockies in the bottom of the seventh inning. I really like the Brewers this postseason I've been saying it for months I think this is a team that is built for what today's postseason is all about which is a great bullpen their starters stink remember we were talking about the Brewers in July that they should be making a a big run at one of the Mets starters whether it be Jacob DeGrom or Zach Wheeler and I thought Wheeler would be a terrific pickup for the Milwaukee Brewers they didn't do it they they really didn't address their starting pitching they did go out eventually and get Gio Gonzalez from the Washington Nationals but game one of a playoff series and the Brewers sent Brandon Woodruff out there today and they had no intentions of him pitching particularly deep into the game he gave them three scoreless innings, only allowed one base runner, struck out three. That is the absolute max that they could have expected from him, and they knew this was going to be a bullpen game. So they went to Corbin Burns for two, then Corey Knable for an inning and two-thirds. He's the guy that you worry about in this Brewer's pen. And Josh Hader has come on, gotten one out thus far, got out of a a base a runner-on situation that Knable set him up with. But the Brewers have the Rockies exactly where they want them. It's 2-0. They've got six outs to get. And they've got Josh Hader on the hill who has been all but unhittable all season long. And he is going to be what Andrew Miller was two years ago to the Cleveland Indians. He is untouchable. He could throw multiple innings. He could retire lefties and righties. Hader, to me is as valuable as any ace when you get into the postseason because the difference between Hater and what even a Jacob deGrom could do for you is that Hater can affect every game. He can't pitch three innings in every game, but he can, at some point, get into the game every single time. You have so many days off built into the schedule in October. Two on, one off. Two on, one off. The max you play in a row is three, assuming no rainouts. So you could use the same relievers over and over. And the Brewers did a very smart thing most of the season. It wasn't until late in the year that they even used Hayter back-to-back days. They were giving him even two days off between outings early on this year. And then as they had a shot at the Cubs and winning the division, they started to pick up his usage. But in these kinds of close games, he is such a weapon, an enormous weapon for the Brewers. And they can pick it. they got a good center fielder in Lorenzo Cain. They've got a lot of power. Christian Yelich could beat you in a lot of different ways. He's got some pop. He was nearly a triple crown winner this year. He can hit for extra bases, extremely talented. The Brewers team is good. They're real good. I think they have what it takes in a a pretty weak National League, if you're stacking all of the eight remaining teams on top of each other, I would take every American League team before any National League team. There's not one National League team I would take over. uh, The Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, the Indians, those are the best teams in the playoffs. The Dodgers have a lot of depth. A lot of talent, but those AL teams, they are loaded. And remember, these National League teams, not that you're getting that worn out with all the built-in days off, but you did have four of these National League teams, well, I guess three that are remaining, playing in tiebreaker games on Mondays. They had some extra travel and wear added to their schedule. I like the Brewers in a big way in the National League. I think it would be fun to see Milwaukee have that kind of run as well. That is a great sports town. And when they had CeCe Sabathia all those years ago, made the big move, and he threw some phenomenal starts for them down the stretch. It was 2008, I think it was. Boy, that place went nuts. It had been a long time since they've had some good teams, and They've been better over the last decade or so uh, with some strings of contention and some years where they haven't been. But now they've got a real opportunity in the National League, and they've got a a lot of the pieces that you look for and want to have, especially in your pen. Uh, They can make it happen. Their starting pitching stinks. It's terrible. It doesn't matter that much right now. You get three innings from your starter, Oftentimes, that's enough, the way they're managing these games now. Uh, So again, the the Brewers still with a 2-0 lead on the Colorado Rockies. Uh, As far as the AL matchups go, the Yankees, Red Sox, I think the Yankees should be favored in this series. And maybe that's odd to say when they're a 100-win team and the Red Sox won eight more games, 108. The Red Sox, to me, are the perfect regular season team. They can mash you. They can hit up and down that lineup. They've got some starting pitching, and the starting pitching is deep. The guy they're throwing out there as their fifth starter is really good. But they don't have the things that you need in the postseason, where you really only need three to four real good starting pitchers, where you need some great bullpen arms. And they have one of the best in Craig Kimbrell, but name me who you trust besides him in that pen. Stephen Wright, the knuckleballer? Are you going to buy into that in the postseason? Are you going to trust Eduardo Rodriguez pitching out of the pen? Whoever else they decide to go to from that rotation? I'm not. I'm not making that jump. And even Chris Sale, who's supposed to be their ace, the guy who's going to give them the big innings, he's throwing 90 miles per hour last time out. He's had left shoulder inflammation that's been slowing him down. That's a huge factor. I think Sale could still get out, even compromised. I do think that he could pull that off. But he's not pitching deep. And let's say the Red Sox have a one-two run lead and their starter is out after five. How the heck are you getting it to Craig Kimbrell? <laughs> that is a rough, rough path. There's no bridge for the Red Sox. I really like the Yankees in that series. Uh, the best series of all, though, will be the Astros and Indians. I like I get the Indians an edge. I do. I, I like their pitching staff overall. Starters, relievers, they're as balanced as anybody. They're real good. You know, they're going to be managed well by Terry Francona. That team is just really solidly put together. And I understand there's some concerns because they played such a lousy division. We haven't really seen them play any meaningful baseball in a long time but that's a real solid team and everyone's jumping on houston they're defending champs and i understand the astros have a ton of talent i really like the indians in that series i do think it's close if there's a series that has the ability to go five it's right there with the indians and astros and either way a real good team's gonna end up going home the american league is just loaded it really is uh, especially when you start comparing it to the nl 800-321-0710. Uh, we we'll take a Mets call here. What's up, Roger and Howell? Hey, um, I, I've
3: been again for the, the fourth straight year. Um, more than uh, Machado, more than even choosing another GM, I, boy, I, I wish the Mets could come up with a catcher. Uh, a, a plea over the airwaves to anybody who could uh, gun guys down at second base and hit 265 and make contact to please send your resume out to City Field <laughs> because it, it's it's just killing me. It's just
0: killing me. I agree. I, uh, th- that has to happen this year. I, I think Kevin Pulecchi did an okay job. To me, he's someone that could share uh, the catching job. But Wilson Ramos, Yasmani Grandal. If not at the top of the list, they should be uh, amongst the top three uh, names that the Mets are going after here.
3: Just think about when we had success. Rhodey, Carter, Piazza. Guys that could handle pitches, guys that could throw guys out. I mean, I can't remember the last time any base runner feared stealing second, that might steal in third from us it's, it's unbelievable
0: yeah and some but of it, it does have to do with the pitching too you know you can't let those guys off the hook half the rotation they don't even try to keep guys close
3: we have a pitching coach who's our manager you think he could work on the guys with their moves the <laughs> first I mean that was one of the most disappointing things this year yeah. he's a pitching coach
0: yeah that a- that has to be better and if he's gonna you know talk up the fundamentals and you know, all all these things he was, that's a basic one. The Mets have to get a lot better at. And at times what frustrated me is that you would hear Noah Sendergaard or Steven Matz, you'd hear them say things where they don't care. They're so locked in on the batter that they're not worried about a guy stealing second with two out. And that to me is a philosophy that I did hear it change with those guys as the year went along. But that can't be okay. It can't just be, I'm going to get the guy out the plate. Don't worry about that. Baseball's a game with a lot of luck. You can execute. You can throw that perfect pitch, break the guy's bat, and now he's a blooper into center and the run is scoring instead of just going first to third. That's a huge difference. And these guys are good enough to get that extra out with the man at third. Jacob DeGrom, one of the reasons he's as great as he is, one of the reasons that he has surpassed everybody else this Mets rotation, it's not just talent. It's that he does everything well. He fields his position. He controls the running game. He does those things. That's an area where the Mets have to improve, and they can improve it behind the plate as well. No doubt about it. Uh, Grandal, Ramos, those have to be names on the board for the Mets here. And Machado is your clear number one. Maybe it's a pipe dream. That's got to be your A number one that you're going for. They have to address the bullpen, and then I think behind the plate. I'd like to see them go center field in addition to that, rather than, say, a corner outfielder. But those are the real key positions and targets for the Mets this offseason. Stephen Congers, you want to talk about this uh, GM hunt? How you
2: doing, uh, big guy? First of all, thank you for everything that you've done
3: throughout
2: the year. Very appreciative of, of your information. I appreciate that. Originally, originally I had said a while ago. I called back the team with the GM. The team has to be built around the stadium. McNeil is a, is a guy for this stadium. Line drive slash
1: hitter Rosario could be a
2: guy. Speed, defense, and pitching. The team has to be built around that. Less we, I think we're going to be getting off the swing this guys. But to me, the GM has to build the team around a stadium that you play 82 games
1: in.
0: Well, one of the big challenges, and it has been for the Mets, and it needs to be going forward, is how do you hit at that stadium? How do you hit at home? And I don't think it's just as simple as to say, well, the dimensions, you need line drive hitters and speed. Uh, What the heck goes on there? Why is this team, they were one of the better offensive teams in the National League on the road this year, yet at home – they are so far worse than every other team in baseball at home. And I, I don't think it's as simple as a bunch of Jeff McNeil's and line drive hitters are, are going to do it. Uh, but you did see McNeil actually have success hitting at home. He's one of the few guys that have more success at home uh, than, at, uh, than on the road. They have to be more athletic. It needs to happen. It's why I want a center fielder and not another corner outfielder, and you're faking it with Nimmo or Cofordo in center. You need to strengthen defensively. And I know it's easy to say, well, the analytics about the home runs now and the walks, yeah, but look at the best teams in baseball. They have young position players. They have athletes, the Braves, the Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox. The Indians, these teams all they have two way players. It's not just a bunch of guys' beer league softball kind of players like the Mets have had in the past. They're just looking to hit long balls and can't play defense. I think the Mets are cognizant of that. Mickey Callaway certainly is said as much throughout the year well that's why it's so important for them to to get this gm Right, and they have some real philosophies that, again, from the top all the way down, it it fits what the organization is trying to build. And that's what they need, a baseball czar, if you will. Somebody's going to be in charge of this whole thing. Uh, That's what the Mets have to put together, have to get right, and then you'll see. They'll improve at home. They'll be more athletic. They'll be better defensively. The injuries will be handled better. All areas of the Mets, just as an organization, have to improve. This is their opportunity to do it. It's why it's so vital that they get this right and that you hope the best candidates want a part of this job and that ownership. Uh, We'll take a quick break. We'll come back, give you a chance to win an MLB Network prize pack, and then... Playoff baseball here on WOR, game one of the Braves and Dodgers. It's Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy on The Voice of New York, 7-10 WOR. Uh, Josh Hader just shoving again as he strikes out two in the top of the eighth innings to the Brewers. Uh, still ahead 2-0 now in the bottom of the eighth innings, just three outs away from a victory. In Game One, uh, right now it's your chance to win an MLB Network prize pack. Be caller number six at 800-321-0710. and you're the winner. Watch two division series games on MLB Network, plus live coverage before and after every postseason game on MLB Tonight. Get some MLB Network, uh, an MLB Network T-shirt, a cup, a hat, all kinds of goodies. Uh, so again, caller six at eight hundred three two one zero seven ten wins an MLB Network prize pack uh tomorrow on the show will be a little more football oriented but a big baseball day too all four series will be in action tomorrow so look forward to that and then we're approaching destination uh desperation time for both the jets and the giants each one and three going into this sunday Uh, odell beckham jr saying today that they're not panicking or anything like that but uh as as tough as we all knew the schedule was going to be early on for the giants Time to start winning some games, and they get another tough matchup this week uh, against the Carolina Panthers. We'll be diving into that. We'll have your NFL picks and uh, and much more, and of course uh, all the latest on what's happening here with the Mets in this GM hunt. As now they start locking up some interviews, and we really start finding out who are going to be the top candidates for uh, such an important hire for this franchise with where they are are they short term fix it quick and and get back to competing for world series or is this a team that that does have to take a step back despite finishing strong last year i think they should be able to rally forward here with the way that they finished and and plugged some holes uh later this late this season uh but we'll see uh how that all shapes up going forward here so i have all that in the sports zone tomorrow six to nine and I uh, certainly look forward to tonight, uh, Game 1 of the NLDS. No Clayton Kershaw on the hill for L.A. Instead, he's slated for Game 2. And it'll be Yunjin Ryu and Mike fulton Dodgers-Braves, Game 1 of the NLDS is next here on WOR. I'm Pete McCarthy. Enjoy.